The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It is at 3.06 on this Friday edition of the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Hope you're having a great Friday afternoon. Thanks for all your submissions of the Canadian, your Canadian legendary songs. We had some fun with that the last uh, half hour. I uh, want to remind you there is about 30, 40, 55 minutes left in that uh, Edmonton Eskimos uh, suite for 40 people. All the money raised going to ovarian cancer research at the Lois Hole Hospital. So what it is, it's food, beverages, a private suite for you and 39 of your friends. Uh, the bidding will close in about, yeah, just under an hour. Still sitting at only about 26000 26, $2,600 right now, valued at 10000 So you could still get a really great deal on that. Just go to 630ched.com and, uh, and you can bid right there. Now, 90 years ago, Edmonton city politicians made a huge decision to create Blatchford Field on surplus farmland along Kingsway Avenue. And it may not have happened if it hadn't been for famed pilot Wap May. This weekend, a huge celebration celebrating the 90th anniversary of Blatchford is taking place. And it wouldn't be complete without the history of Mr. May. And it will be told by his son, Danny May, who joins us in studio this afternoon for a wee history lesson. <laughs> Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, I don't even know where to start when it comes to talking about your dad, um, but I think we'll start with this. Where did his love of flying begin? Well, back in, I think it was 1910, 1911, there was two uh, pilots came from Eastern Canada uh, Lucky Bob St. Henry was one of them, and I've just lost the other one's name. Mm-hmm. But um, hmm. anyway, can't think of the other name. But anyway, they brought a, a Curtis Flyer, an old biplane. They brought it out in a box on the train and assembled it and flew around the Edmonton Exhibition Grounds. And my dad and his brother were there watching this, and that got him interested in planes. <laughs> it's funny and, how air shows will do that to it, a person. Yeah, it does. It's kind of the early air shows because they actually took off from the inside of the Exhibition Grounds. and and landed there again. Like, this is not fast stuff. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, uh, my dad went overseas, went, joined the army and uh, went overseas in 1916. And when he got to France, there was a sign up somewhere he saw saying the Royal Flying Corps is looking for pilots. Mm-hmm. So uh, he and his buddy said, let's try that. It's got to be better than being in the trenches. <laughs> so uh, they were accepted and uh, Got their first flight over London as part of the introduction to this to the uh, training squadron, and uh, that aircraft crashed, or at least another one crashed on top of them when they landed. So oh my gosh! His introduction to flying was that, that, that <laughs> a little tricky. Yeah, things <laughs> things happen. But but went on, and again, there's just the stories about your dad just build and build and build and build. And World War One. Tell us about yeah. the story of your dad and the Red Baron. Yeah, my dad. That was my dad's first flight in combat. First flight over the line, well, his second flight over the lines. And uh, he was told by the flight commander, Roy Brown, who was also an Edmontonian, uh, to stay up on top and don't get into the fight, just watch, because it's hard to see what's going on up here. And uh, my dad was doing that, and there was another German pilot up there doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they met, and my dad said, I can 
I can get this. So he broke the rules and followed him down into the fight. And he, he this is one of the few stories he actually told me. But he said, it, all of a sudden he realized where he was and there was aircraft flying very, very close to him. Everybody seemed to be shooting at everybody else. So what he did was put his aircraft into a tight turn, opened up his machine guns, and they jammed immediately. Uh, so now he's in the middle of a, a dogfight with 30-some-odd aircraft. And uh, he said, I better get out of here. So <laughs> he uh, stalled the aircraft and spun down into the along the Somme River Valley and headed back towards the squadron. Hmm. Now, as he's flying along, all of a sudden, bullets started hitting his wings of his aircraft. And he looked back, and there's an aircraft, a triplane, on his trail. And that was the Red Baron. My dad didn't know who it was. He mm -hmm. said, if I knew who that was, I'd have died from fright. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he skimmed along. He actually hit, the, his wheels touched the water at one point. He flew the through the little village of Vossersom and uh, around the church at the middle of town. And uh, at that point, Roy Brown, who was watching what was happening, dove in and fired at the Red Baron. And I guess a bullet from his air, his plane hit a, a Bible in the Red Baron's pocket, which caused him to break off the chase. Hmm. So that saved my dad's life. Wow. And the Red Baron turned across in front of all of the gunners on the ground, and somebody shot him. Wow. So that was the end of the Red Baron. So my dad became very famous for running the Red Baron. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, there's... Um Man, just story after story. Denny May joining us in studio, the son of Wap May. And we've asked Denny to come in because Blatchford Field is celebrating its 90th anniversary this weekend. And really probably without your dad, Blatchford Field wouldn't have happened. And I wanna, That's right. we'll get to that in a moment. Well, you said your dad didn't tell you. It was one of the stories that your dad yeah. did tell you. Did your dad not talk a lot about no. all of these things that went on in his world? No, no. And I didn't ask him. And I was only 17 when he died, and mm -hmm. uh, I never thought to ask all the questions I should have. And uh, a few years ago, Mark's sister and I were writing my dad's biography, and uh, I realized how much I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I ended up learning a ton of stuff from other people, from his friends and people that flew with him and mechanics that worked with him and so on. And as you learned more and more, did mm -hmm. you, like, wow, that was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I guess, you know, at 17 years old, you, mm -hmm. your, your dad passed away in, what, it was yeah. 1950? 52. 1952. Yeah. Um, yeah, and at 17 years of age, and yeah. as, as we know, a lot of lot of war veterans didn't talk about That's right, yeah. what they went through. Yeah, whenever my dad would give a speech, he'd tell the story of the Red Baron flight, and that was it. That was it. I know he'd tell a little bit about the Mad Trapper hunt as well. Okay, I yeah. want to talk about those ones, too. So, <laughs> um, dad, your dad, Wab May, returned to Edmonton after the war yeah. um, and then what happened he wanted to keep flying but he, he decided he told someone that the field out there where they're flying out of oh. was too small and pushed oh. the mayor to well no that that's that's later on oh later on okay yeah anyway my dad and his brother rented an aircraft from the city of Edmonton <laughs> they'd been returned to the city uh, after the war for these were training aircraft so they paid $25 a month to rent it and started the company called May Airplanes that's Limited right. in 1919 and they flew out of Mayfield, which is this squirrel uh, farm on mm -hmm. the St. Albert Trail at about 122nd Avenue. And uh, they flew out of that for about four years. Were they flying uh, north? No, just they were flying around Alberta, okay. doing uh, doing air shows, stunt flying, okay. uh, wing walkers would come in and, <laughs> and fly with them. Uh, they'd take people for rides. Uh, they delivered the Edmonton Journal to Wetaskiwin by air. 
another pilot flew with him, and that was George Gorman, and he's a, a cousin of Tony Cashman, who's a, another fam- famous mm-hmm. author in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that all sort of fits in the family. So George and my dad flew. They took a lot of aerial photographs, the first aerial photographs of the University of Alberta, hmm. photographs of downtown from the air and so on. So it's fascinating uh, what they did. How did he get involved with Blatchford? Well, they, uh, he was a very good friend of Ken Blatchford, the mayor, and they, uh, uh, he, he wanted a bigger spot. Actually, in 1920, four American Army Air Force aircraft had flown down to Alaska and back again and they stopped in Edmonton, but they landed in where Blatchford Field is. Mm-hmm. And my dad had to get in his airplane and fly over and say, no, no, you're at the wrong. This isn't the <laughs> airport. Come with me. And uh, I guess that it looked like a good spot. It was mm-hmm. right along Portage Avenue or Kingsway, as we know it now. And uh, it was a good field. And then the city uh, took that property for back taxes. And the property was available. And my dad and Ken got talking and decided this would be a great place for an airport. And uh, that's what happened. And uh, Ken Blatchford pushed it through. And yeah. my dad convinced the city council to name the airport after him. So that's that's where it all started. That's where it all started yeah, and, and just the, kept the, building from there. Yeah, the city weren't really very convinced they wouldn't need an airport. Uh, but in 1929, with the Mercy flight happened, mm-hmm. uh, that changed the whole thing. And that put Edmonton on the map, that uh, put aviation on the map, not just... In Alberta, but Canada-wide and worldwide. Yes, let's let's take a break here. We'll we'll play some commercials. Get those on the way because I want to talk to you about the about the Mercy flight, uh, the race against death, mm-hmm. and that's probably one of the stories that you Chedville know about Mr. Wap May. Uh, but we want to talk about it. Want to hear about it straight from his son Denny May joining us in studio this afternoon. We'll continue the conversation right after this. studio this afternoon loving this conversation he's the son of WAP May the famed aviator and we're talking about uh, his dad and uh, because Blatchford Field is celebrating its 90th anniversary this weekend and Denny's going to be speaking at that a big uh, event happening tomorrow uh, from 10 to 4 there's going to be reenactments dress up opportunities for children you can get into different um, aircraft cockpits which is always very cool all sorts of family friendly activities going on there's a ceremony and speeches happening at 1 o'clock it's all at the Alberta Aviation Museum at uh, 11410 Kingsway Avenue if you haven't checked it out I urge you to do it. And what time are you speaking tomorrow, Denny? Just after one o'clock. Okay. Yeah. All righty. So, um, you know, if you're really enjoying this, go see Denny tomorrow as well <laughs> and check it out. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon. Doug says, I grew up hearing family stories of the May family. I grew up with Lang and with the Lang and Losey families mm-hmm. around Westmount. That's from Doug. Um, and another one says, I have a book signed. Uh, a signed copy I received from Mr. May. I enjoyed it very much. And Sean says, cancel the draft coverage. We're going to keep Denny on till six. <laughs> um, there's there's two manhunts that your dad was involved with. Yes. Um, but I do want to get to the Mercy flight. So tell me about the Mercy flight. Now, if yeah. I remember correctly, um, a fellow by the name, it was Bert Logan. Uh, he was up, uh, up north. In December got there, and he fell sick right away. They realized he had diphtheria, and it wasn't until January 1st that the news got back down here? Yeah, that's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he uh, he was the Hudson Bay uh, 
post manager at a little village called Little Red River, which is about 60 miles east of Fort Vermilion. And uh, apparently they, uh, some charitable organization sent up a barrel or, or a trunk of clothing or blankets to to give to the local people. Mm-hmm. And that's where he caught the diphtheria. Oh, gosh. And his wife recognized that. And uh, she sent for the doctor. Uh, two fellas walked the 60 miles to the to Fort Vermillion, brought the doctor back with a horse and wagon. And, How long that and, take? Well, that, that it took a long time. Yeah. And uh, anyway, they, Bert Logan had died, so they brought his body back. They they weren't allowed in the town. The police said, "No, you can't bring that body in here." So they had to stop outside and bury him. And uh, then they sent another two people down to Peace River with the message that we need diphtheria antitoxin because we could lose everybody mm-hmm. out here. So these fellas headed south. It took them 12 days to get to Peace River. And they said that's where they could get a message out to Edmonton. And uh, Dr. Um, Bo, the medical health officer, got that on the 28th of December. And uh, he called my dad, who was down in Calgary visiting family. And uh, my dad said, we'll go tomorrow or as soon as we can. Got on the train, came back to Edmonton, got a buddy of his, Vic Horner, and said, let's get the aircraft ready. And... uh, the aircraft was a little uh, open cockpit biplane, a training aircraft. It was on wheels, and this is the middle of December. Open cockpit. Uh, yeah, cold as blazes. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they took off on January second and flew up towards uh, the north. They followed the railway tracks up through Smith and uh, crossed to McLennan. Somewhere along the way, the the uh, serum was wrapped with a with a charcoal heater and a blanket in a little luggage compartment behind the pilot. And that caught fire. Oh, gee. <laughs> so they had to land the aircraft and, and throw the blanket away. And then they, they were told this serum could not be cold. So they had to tuck it in their armpits in their groin. And uh, they flew on to McLennan, stayed overnight. Uh, the next day into Peace River, got fuel and headed on down the, the Peace River to Fort Vermilion. Uh-huh. Got there safely and delivered the serum. And um, when we were up in Fort Vermilion, I think it was in uh, 2004... Um, Margask, the, uh, uh, there was quite a ceremony there. About 250 people came to a luncheon. And Margast, uh, how did the people get inoculated or whatever it is they do for this? Mm-hmm. And apparently there was a town dance that night. And, of course, everybody <laughs> comes to a town dance. And that's where they... That's where they did yeah. it. And this lady said uh, publicly, she said, if it hadn't been for your dad, we wouldn't be here, any of us. So it made a major major difference. When someone tells you something like that, what do you think? Yeah, yeah I think, why, gosh, you know, that that's it's just amazing. Anyway, the next day, they, they they took all of the gas that was available in town, which was car gas, which airplanes don't like, mm-hmm. and they sputtered their way to Peace River. <laughs> they had to repair the engine. And then on the uh, 6th of January, they got in the aircraft. It was minus 33 in ice fog, and they flew back to Edmonton. And uh, just about froze to death, I think. And, and by uh, this time, the media had uh, all heard uh, about it. 10,000 people showed up at the airport. 10,000! Yeah. And they rushed the aircraft when it landed. My dad had to cut the engine because he was afraid somebody <laughs> was going to run into the prop. And then the mayor, and I'm not sure who else, had a ceremony and, and wanted to say how, how wonderful you are. And these guys are just freezing to death yeah. at this point. Yeah, swarm me up. Yeah, and <laughs> somebody had told my dad that if you wrapped a silk scarf around your face, it wouldn't freeze. 
or he tore the scarf off when he landed and all the skin came off his nose and his lips. Oh, my gosh. So that doesn't work, so don't try that. (laughs) (laughs) Note to self, I'll remember that one. And we only have a a few minutes left, but um, twice your dad was involved with a manhunt. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably the most famous one is the Mad Trapper of Rat River. Right. And that was uh, later on. That wasn't the first one, that was the second one. Yeah. yeah. Didn't that get made into a movie? Kind of. Well, you have an awful movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they, my, my dad was a drunk and, and a oh, mercy, no. merciless killer that, that wanted to get one more victim. Oh, sort of thing, no. With a machine gun mounted on his plane. <laughs> no, that's awful. I just read that it was in a movie. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Okay, well, no, yeah. that's no yeah, good. Don't, don't, don't go to that one. But in fact, I mean, <laughs> your your dad uh, in two times helped track down killers yeah. from an airplane. Yeah, in 1919, which was the first manhunt in, in Canadian, maybe North American history, uh, using an aircraft, they chased a fellow who had shot and killed a policeman uh-huh. in Edmonton out, out to Edson. And um, that was the first one. And then in 1932, the police called my dad in to uh, help them track the mad trapper who was running running scared or running quickly anyway. Yeah. And uh, he, when he wanted to hide, he'd put his snowshoes on backwards and head into the bush so it looked like he was coming out rather than going in. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, they couldn't find him. And my dad was, uh, he flew down to a clavic and they were supplying food for the dogs and for the men on the manhunt and looking for tracks. And they eventually spotted the tracks going over into the Yukon. Hmm. And they, they went over there and there was a shootout. And uh, they, I think they... To me, the, the most amazing part of that was the uh, one of the fellows uh, on the manhunt, they were in the shootout with this fellow, it was kneeling down to shoot his rifle, and a bullet came through his knee, out his knee, in his arm, out his elbow, <laughs> and uh, he was lying there dying. And my dad Ladin, saw him lying down, landed this plane, and they loaded them in, and he flew back to, to uh, Klavik through through a blizzard he remembered his way through the mountain passes wow over the Mackenzie Mountains and the doctor said 20 minutes later and the fellow would have died he would have been gone and uh, he survived and actually won a lottery (laughs) won a lottery yeah Um, distinguished flying cross your dad's been awarded I think the Order of the British Empire as well and all sorts of other and and the uh, the Medal of Freedom from the United States government for the help he gave them during the war wow and that was a very rare medal. There was yeah. only ever 28 of those awarded during that time. So you have lots to talk about tomorrow at Blatchford yeah. when you're there. You're going to yeah. be... T- what, what will you be touching on? More on, on what uh, what happened to the airport and, and the impact that, that aviation made in Edmonton is what I'm going to be touching on tomorrow. And, of course, uh, just before we let you, you do have a couple of books out. Yes. Tell me about them. Yeah, well, one is uh, Margie's sister and I wrote this called Wings of a Hero. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we did that back in the uh, late 80s and finally got published in 97. And it's in its fifth printing now. In fact, I've just ordered the reprint again. So uh, it's doing very, very well. And then uh, over the years, as I would meet people that remembered my dad, they would tell me stories about him. And I would say, could you tell me that story? Can you put it in writing? Yeah. And I put those stories together along with the stories of my dad's two companies, uh, May Airplanes and Commercial Airways and published another book called More Stories About Wap May, and it's in its fifth printing as well, so it's doing well. Look forward to hearing you tomorrow just after 1 o'clock. Well, 1 o'clock the ceremony gets underway That's out right. at uh, the Alberta Aviation Museum on Kingsway. Denny is going to be speaking just after 1 o'clock. Denny and Marg, your, your wife, joining me in studio this afternoon. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I want to leave you just with a little bit about this. We were talking about Canadian tunes. Check this one out. 
Wap May from Stomp and Tom. Wap May. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.